As part of your healing journey, the phrase inner child may pop up. Today I'm exploring that topic. What is it? How do you know you can benefit from healing your inner child and what you can do about it? My name is Susie Parker Goins and you've found Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. Welcome. I'm a channel bringing through spirit guides for you to have a face-to-face -face conversation an energy healer showing you how to identify blockages and empowering you to dissolve them. A past life explorer showing you the way to release old patterns and move forward on your path to a fuller, more joyful life. Join me Thursdays and Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific time for new uploads. Until next time, blessings. The concept of the inner child was discussed by Carl Jung. He called it the child archetype or divine child. He also spoke about the parent and adult aspects. He got really into it after he broke off from Freud in around 1913. Then Emmett Fox, a new thought spiritual leader, coined the phrase wonder child. Transactional analysis in the 1950s brought it to the fore with its child inside concept. In the 1970s, Vivian and Arthur Genov, with their popular primal therapy, brought it home as the inner child. Lucia Cappuccioni in 1976 documented reparenting the inner child through art therapy and journaling techniques. Charles Whitfield switched it up a little in 1987 with The Child Within. Then Penny Park's book, Rescuing the Inner Child in 1990, provided a program for contacting and recovering the inner child. The Oxford Dictionary defines the inner child as a person's supposed original or true self, especially when regarded as damaged or concealed by negative childhood experiences. Your inner child is part of your psyche, which retains childhood memories and experiences. In its ideal state, it's full of life, wonder, and joy. As life goes on, the inner child changes as a result of their experiences. Abuse and trauma are major factors in harming the inner child. Add to it the suppression, ignoring the unexpressed emotions. Oof, that has a lot of impact on the adult you. It's a concept I've used with my clients. It seems that the more I read, the more I understand I'm guiding clients to reparent their inner child. It's also a form of soul retrieval, and yeah, there's a podcast for that. Sometimes the adult version of the client cares for the child, just as often a spirit guide comes through to assure and comfort both the child and the adult. We all have an inner child. Their state of mind, emotion, and spirit is determined by their experiences. I believe we have several versions of an inner child. While exploring a client's timeline, we may come across particular ages of the client in need of attention. So a hurt 8-year-old grows into the angry 13-year-old, and the 15-year-old grows into the reckless 18-year-old, who becomes the overwhelmed 25-year-old. As you explore each age, you can heal more deeply, even adjust your timeline to reflect the healing. Now, I'm not saying we erase your history. That would be denying the experiences altogether. No, that's not what we're going for. We want to accomplish with inner child work an ability to better integrate the experiences so that as you release the emotion, you still maintain the wisdom or the lesson of it, the experience. My own inner child healing stems from feeling out of place or not fitting in. I know I've told the story of having a channeling experience at eight, but because it was not a normal experience, I erased it, literally. It was hard for me to feel like I belonged when I carried so much weight. So I was the clown and I used humor to get attention. Frankly, I was fifth child. I was the fifth kid out of six children and parental attention was at a premium. 
if I could keep them laughing. My child self thought she would be seen as entertaining and therefore useful in some way. Yeah, score inner child issue number one. Then at 13, I got the unwanted spotlight of being the kid whose mother died, a person to be pitied. I spent a while being angry over not knowing what was going on. My friends knew more than I did about the situation. Yeah, there's inner child number two. Then high school rolled around and I played dumb and I was a stoner, troubled teen indeed. That's number three. College came along. I tried to do what my dad wanted. It didn't work out. Inner child number four and so on. It, it, it was in my 20s, though, that I realized I had to forge my own path. And so I did. Fast forward to now. And yeah, I still have work to do. But I, I'm one of those who rolls up my sleeves and just jumps on it. With that information dump, I believe anyone can benefit from inner child work. You go to a therapist or you talk to a trusted listener. You listen to meditations. You journal. Take a walk. Do what you need to do to raise yourself up. Where do you start? It depends on what you want to accomplish. A lot of trauma can be healed as so much happens in childhood we're told to repress, suppress, forget, or ignore. And if you find major traumas, yeah, talk to a mental health professional. Get the help you are most comfortable with. The inner child does not forget, and the inner child does have an impact on the present-day adult. Are there symptoms or signs you can find that tell you you have an inner child needing help? Well, you can think about your adult patterns. Are there relationship issues, unhealthy coping mechanisms, fears? Can you trace them to a childhood event or reoccurrence? Well, look at it. And what about being highly reactive, responding to external stimuli in a highly charged way, so reacting and not acting on? Your adult self may try really hard to control their environment a lot. This could be because the child felt utterly not in control of their situation. There's the, I don't need anyone scenario. I can do that myself. When the inner child feels like they don't have anyone to depend on, they'll not ask for help even when it would be most beneficial. How about self-abusive coping mechanisms? I talked about that in the Soul Retrieval podcast. In a nutshell, those are behaviors which feel good in the moment, but in the long run are destructive. That, that counts for like addictions to alcohol, drugs, gambling, shopping, food, sex, and so on. Look at your mental and emotional health. Is there depression or anxiety? A lack of motivation? Maybe there's too much or too little response to relationships with friends and partners. There's even sleep disruption, weight issues, lack of focus, foggy-headedness. Well, let's dig a little deeper. Say relationships. Childhood trauma can stem from abuse, abandonment, or lack of attachment. The effects can manifest in one's life as in that I don't need anyone, as we said earlier. An inner child doesn't want to need to depend on someone else. Or the adults for that inner child have been so undependable they just needed to do it themselves, otherwise it didn't get done. And that carries through to the adult life. A history of abuse can show up as making oneself as small as possible. You don't want to be seen. Shrinking away from conflict avoiding confrontation of any kind. This is the result of hoping an abuser doesn't turn their gaze on you and therefore cause the actions of abuse. Uh, a side note, abusers are responsible for their actions. You are not. Then there's childhood threats of being left behind. That informs your adult behaviors. There's that fear of rejection or abandonment by a partner. You, you get to a place where you're pleasing everyone except yourself, even to the point of exhaustion. 
that very likely a symptom of childhood trauma. There's also gaslighting yourself. That's talking yourself out of something mattering or telling yourself that what you saw is not really what happened. That's not what that person meant or you're making excuses for another person's action. So yeah, talking to your inner child can help with that. But how do you start the healing? Well, there is an axiom that goes something like, uh, once you know there's a problem, that's the first step. Okay, great. Now what? Journaling. It was used in the 70s and practitioners continue to recommend it as a therapy. And you know, if it was worthless, journaling would not still be around as a concept. Give it a shot. Journal with pen and paper on your laptop. Uh, I can't journal on my phone. That just is, I don't swipe well, but you can use a voice recorder. There's lots of ways to journal, to talk about how you feel. Meditations are good. I'll upload one on Monday that'll help introduce you to your inner child. We'll see what the guides want. Also, art therapy. Making art taps into your inner child with an openness to make something beautiful, something you enjoy making, uh, like coloring. Do you remember adult coloring books? I, I remember opening a fresh pack of crayons with all the possibilities they held when I was a kid. Do the things that bring good memories or experiences to your inner child. <laughs> I just got an image of me licking the beaters while baking cookies. You know, that sort of stuff. Go play. Go to a park. Walk in nature. Hang out with the kids. Well, safely, of course. See, I love to sing in the car, and you can really let loose in the car. And it was very embarrassing for my kids. <laughs> oh, well. You know, there's also clay. Other kinds of fine arts. Man, my friends, they are drawing and painting so much beauty remember things or come up with new ideas to play with the inner child. There's also crystals to support you on your healing. Clear quartz is always a good choice. Its amplifying energy helps you be more. Amethyst is a high-frequency spiritual connecting kind of stone. Blue aragonite works with the heart, throat, and third eye chakras. It opens, clears, and enhances your ability to speak your truth. There's blue lace agate. It's calming and peaceful. It also works with the throat chakra so you can express yourself. Green stones help you heal your heart chakra. Oh, oh my, yeah, um, um, rose quartz. Rose quartz is that connection with divine love. Carry one of those pieces around with you. Offer it up in meditations to your inner child. I know, I know. Tap into your inner child and ask them what they like. It could be a stone that you know intellectually is one way, but your inner child is going, oh, ooh, it's sparkly, or do you see that shape in it? Or they just like it. It's okay to indulge the inner child in a safe, holistic, parenty kind of way. Does everyone need inner child healing? Honestly, I don't know. But I'm not one to say you do or you don't. It is what you feel you need. That's most important. I do know that now, in the pandemic, we have an opportunity, maybe even an obligation, to help the children now, during this pandemic time. We can listen to them, to their hopes, their fears, their ideas, in a respectful way, and honoring their creativity. Assure them that they're not alone. Let them know they have you to talk to. Their friends will be there when we can gather together again safely. In the meantime, understand they are trying their best. And so are you. Until next time, blessings.